Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Willibon. It's International Face Your Fears Day. Tony, what are your biggest fears? I'm Tony Kornheiser. Spiders, snakes, getting hugged by Levitard. Yeah. This gets so wet. Yeah, you have to leave carry you. towels with you. It just could leave you a little sweaty. No. Could it really could? Yeah, don't don't want that. I mean, even on cold days, he's liquid. Really, <laughs> he's liquid. It's like diving into a pool. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the Raiders beat the Packers. Connor Bedard makes his NHL debut. And Jeff Saturday joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with last night's baseball. The Atlanta Braves came back from four runs down and beat Philadelphia in a tense, exciting game that ended spectacularly on a defensive play. And Arizona again rolled over the Dodgers, getting three runs in the first inning off another disappointing Dodgers starter. Wilbon, what was the bigger deal, Braves win or Dodgers lose? Tony, I have flip-flopped back and forth since... You know, we started before the show posing this question. I go back and forth every time I hear it. Because the Braves, we just saw the Braves lose to the Phillies last year when it was 1-1. Right. They, they, so they're not, they're not coming back at Philadelphia to win the next two games and then get back to Atlanta. No, down 0-2, they're going to lose. So I say, well, that's got to be the most important because they're still in the series now. It changed the whole thing. That kid Harris with that play in center field, he went straight King yeah. Griffey Jr. That, that was unbelievable scream out loud time. Certainly where I was watching the game. But, Tony, watching the Dodgers, I don't think the Dodgers have any real chance of coming back in this series down 0-2 because of the starting pitching, which we've chronicled all year. Started talking about it, you know, middle of May. Oh, the Dodgers, they haven't been this bad six weeks into a season with their starting pitching since. And the answer was Brooklyn or something. So I, I don't see the Dodgers coming back to win this series against the Diamondbacks I guess then, as I consider this again, I'm going to say the most important result was the Dodgers losing. They were down 3 nothing before they got to the plate, Dome. Before they got to bat, yeah. they're down in these games. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to say it's the Braves because now we have a series, and now we finally have a team that won 100 or more games getting one win in the playoffs. Mike, I watched that too. I have never seen... A game end like that. Wow. I, I've, I've never seen that on that particular defensive play where the guy makes a great catch in right center field, and then there's a throw, a cutoff throw, and then a throw to first base, as we like to say when we're scoring the old 8-5-3. We've never seen anything like that. And I loved it, and it was a great play. Michael Harris made a great defensive play, he and did. Austin Riley who started out on third base because he's the third baseman, ends up in right field, made a great throw to first. And you know what? Bryce Harper made a great sprint to get back and, and not be doubled up. And I know a lot of people are going to find fault with Harper. I can understand that. There's no fault. His ego is such, his ego is such that he wanted to be the tying run and he was beyond yeah. second base. But you know what? I think he has a healthy baseball ego. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And, the, and the Phillies, they didn't take advantage of a real good start by Zach Wheeler. Ten strikeouts. And three hits. They should have won that game. So, But at least we have a series. I'll be very brief on the Dodgers. They picked a terrible time not to hit. Mookie Betts Mookie, and Freddie Freeman are one, one for 12, 13 one in this 13. series. Yeah. One for 13, and yeah. they're two for 12. The whole team, runners in scoring position, they look bad. The most important, they look, the most important, oh, the most important play, maybe in the whole postseason, maybe Bryce Harper. Tony, when that ball leaves the bat, you got to think two, two, two of three possibilities. It's over the Doubles. fence, and it won't matter because I'm going right, to score, and right. we're going to be a game. Or it's a, a double. Hit. 
Thor's is going to be off the fence, and I better score the tying run. And so Agreed. I don't blame him at all. The guy makes an all-time catch and then has the presence of mind to yeah, – Willie Mays, did it not make you think momentarily of your childhood hero, Willie Mays? No, but uh, you can't go by me. But it was, uh, it was Mike, again, I've never see a, seen a game end on something like amazing. that. And it amazing. was great. It was great. great. Let's move to the NFL. Well, the Raiders edged the Packers last night. Jordan Love threw three picks, including one in the end zone with just 44 seconds left. And while the Raiders won, Jimmy Garoppolo and the Vegas offense has yet to score 20 points in the game all season. Tony, should either of these squads feel good about his quarterback solution right now. I can't imagine Green Bay feels good right now. Jordan Love is completing 55.6% of his passes. That's all. That's 34th among quarterbacks. Last night he threw 30 times. He got 182 yards. Um, At the moment, his rating is 28th in the NFL, 28th, and far worse last night he had the three interceptions. He's had back-to-back games of multiple interceptions. Aaron Rodgers never had that in all those years at Green Bay. So if you say that Jordan Love is the next logical person in line from Favre and Rodgers right now, you would sound stupid. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, as we see in commercials, is very handsome. (laughs) And he has a great record as a starter in San Francisco. It's 38 and 17. But, Mike, you have to ask yourself, is that Garoppolo or is that the 49ers? It's the same question you asked about Jared Goff when he was with the Rams. Jared Goff now proving himself for the Lions I don't, I don't really know about Garoppolo. They have not scored 20 in any game so far. He's got six touchdowns and seven interceptions. He throws, and he's ranked 24th in the league, judgment, which is what we call Jordan Loveland. His judgment is so dreadful. Look, nice breakdown by you. Very nice Thank breakdown. You, you Thank must you. have consulted or had breakfast with Dan Orlovsky this morning. Um, I, I, don't, I don't care to get that no deep into it. No drinks last night. I don't care to deep, get that deep into it. These two teams are irrelevant. They are. They're historically great teams. Fine. They're irrelevant. They're inconsequential. They stink. Both these teams, their offenses are irrelevant. The quarterbacks are not relevant. Garoppolo has commercials. That makes He's a Chicago boy. You know I want him to be good. He's not any good. You said to me about two years ago, oh, don't you want Garoppolo to come home and play for the Bears? And I told you no. Because he throws more near picks than anybody I've ever seen. It was the 49ers defense and their structure that kept him with that winning record, Tony. That was a game in which, thank God, there was great baseball on last night because I had it on in the corner in my TV setup, and it was not relevant at all. Don't look now, but the NHL season just opened a few minutes ago, which is why we were exiled to ESPN2 today. There's a triple header tonight. Nashville is playing Tampa Bay right now, two traditional cold-weather hockey cities. The late game is Seattle at Las Vegas, a playoff team visiting last year's defending champion. And the feature game, the 8 p.m. start, is Chicago at Pittsburgh. So people can see Sidney Crosby and your boy Connor Bedard in his first NHL game. Well, but Crosby and Bedard, big deal, little deal, or no deal for the NHL? No deal. No deal. Because Sidney Crosby's 35 years old and Pittsburgh's loading up to try to win or have a really shot, a really good chance at winning, you know, this year or next year. I mean, Sidney Crosby's had lots of injuries and concussions. He's not playing until he's 45. He's not Tom Brady. He's going to play a couple more years and go straight to the Hall of Fame, which is where he belongs. Connor Bedard's 18. By the time the Blackhawks are any good to challenge and be 
great, hopefully again like they were in 2010, 13, and 15 with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays, Sidney Crosby will be gone. So if they wanted to sort of pit two guys against each other who may be something in three or four or five years, they should have done the Connors, Connor Bedard and Connor McDavid, because yeah. that works, and the Blackhawks are in the Western Conference. That could have worked. Crosby, it was, a, it was a nice interview, by the way, they had with each other, a conversation, I should call it. But no, it doesn't, no, it's no deal. I'm glad that I do this show with you because you could not be more wrong. This is a really big it's deal not. for the NHL because not. they are putting their best players out there for the public to see on opening night. I mean, Sidney Crosby has been the best all-around player in the NHL for the last 15 years. He is the gold standard there. And Connor Bedard may be the face of the league in an upcoming year or two. I understand what you're saying about Connor McDavid, but I believe that Connor Bedard said publicly that Sidney Crosby is his idol. Yes. I think this is a great matchup from the marketing people, and I think you should say you're right. The marketing people no. have done a great no. job. No, I'm going to watch. Great I'm job. going to watch it, and you have no skin in the job. game. And one of us Great knows job. that Connor Bedard, the by the time Connor Bedard becomes be important, Sidney Crosby will the be in a walker. The only thing that could be better is if they brought out 62-year-old Wayne Gretzky to play in a game that would with be Connor Bedard. Be Let's take a break. Coming up, how can teams stop the tush push? We're going to ask Jeff Saturday. We'll also ask him, what's up with the Patriots? No. The marketers know what it's, they're no, doing. They no, want people no, to see no, these it's players. Just hype. Yes. It's, You're a grouch. It's junk. It's junk. No, it's eye Put him candy. out there against it McDavid. It is eye candy. Put him against you know. McDavid. The Connors. Pardon the interruption. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. To pardon the interruption. Presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Part of Happy Hour. Let's get back into the NFL with our new best friend, ESPN NFL analyst Jeff Saturday. This first one is a long question. The Eagles have been extraordinary success extraordinarily successful with that thing they call the tush push, although I have heard it as the brotherly shove, which I think is an like even the better brotherly term. Shove, yeah. yes. You played center. If somebody on a defense came to you and said, help us out, how can we stop this? 
what would you tell them? You can't stop it. You can't stop. Here, here's what everybody has to understand. It is, it is a, a well-designed, but a, but a even better executed football play. If you look at the linemen and the timing of when the ball is snapped and the surge of that offensive line coming off simultaneously, and they're all, you know, they're, they're face scraping, like their, their face masks are coming right off of the turf. And then you have a quarterback back there who I think squats 700 pounds, some kind of crazy number. <laughs> So Hertz is a huge component of this as well. So I have seen a number of teams try to copy this and mimic it and have no success or very little. This play is 90% success rate. It is a fantastic play. The only way you really stop it, you hope that there's kind of a fumbled snap, maybe try to hit the center as hard as you can underneath so that they bobble the, the snap because that's one of the hardest things to do in a QB sneak because the quarterback has to ride kind of with his hands as you're surging forward. So that would be the way, right? Try to get his legs, the center's legs lifted up and kind of hitting hurts, but very difficult to stop. And listen, give credit where credit is due. It's a great and a well-executed football play. Jeff, speaking of the center, the Eagles center, Jason Kelsey, he got heated or at least animated with Nick Sirianni over the team's red zone issues. All right, you know the position. Do centers like, I mean, is that part of their leadership role? Is that something you see all that often? We think of the quarterback but but Kelsey wasn't waiting around for Jay, for Hertz to do this. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Listen, there, there's there's a very famous uh, clip of Peyton Manning and I having some uh, a significant discussion on the sideline about red zone play. And listen, as a center, we know we get down there. It's tough sledding down there. You know what I mean, Michael? Like it, like there ain't nothing easy about that. And you want pay there. You ain't trying to kick field goals. And I think he understood, right? Like the frustration of what play calls are we? Is the is the run to pass ratio right? We know usually when you get down there, you're pretty familiar with what that. Defense is going to give you, right? Like what style defense they're going to give you, how they're going to try to play it. So you want to take advantage of it. But execution is at a priority. Everything happens faster down there. Um, but I love it. And here's the thing about Sirianni. He likes that and respects that from Jason Kelsey. So he would expect nothing less. And neither would the rest of those guys on that football team. They know what type of leader this guy is. This guy ain't complaining about every call, right? He's not up there. He's not always throwing some bellyache thing because something's not going his way. <laughs> but when it matters yeah. and he says something, people listen. That's the part you respect most. We're going to go from a place where things are going very well, Philadelphia, to not so much New England. You faced Bill Belichick a lot of times in your career. And as you watch the Patriots now, let's, let's pull Tom Brady out of the discussion for this purpose. You're yeah. watching the Patriots now versus all the Belichick teams you played against. What do you see? I see roster deficiency. I mean, listen, I'll be real with you. When we played, Tom Brady was a huge part of it, but their defense was freaking loaded. I mean, the Hall of Famers, in my opinion, all on that side of the ball, right? And they, they played smart. They played efficient. But when you flip that over and go offensively, Brady found ways to have explosive plays. That's what they're missing in New England. And this is Matt Jones' third offensive coordinator in three years. McDaniels, they start to make the playoffs, and then all of a sudden he gets a, a defensive coordinator slash special teams guy or two of them splitting it. We know that didn't turn out well, and now you got Bill O'Brien, which is going to take time. But when you look at this football team, what scares you? Like, 
You can't look at a receiving core and go, I'm afraid of any of these guys. They let Jacoby Myers go, who I think could have been a help there. Uh, and, and if your tight end is your most threatening player on your offense in today's NFL, you got some major issues. So I think I see it as roster construction. They got to get that part fixed to be able to compete. I don't think it's just about plays being called. I don't think it's all Mac Jones. I think there's enough blame to go around here. Now we will get you out of here on this. The 49ers are 5-0. and Brock Purdy's teammates, and Brock Purdy's been great, they have likened him to a robot because of his consistency, his repetition. Um, as part of an offensive line unit, what did you look for in terms of consistency from a quarterback? Oh, yeah, Pro- process and timing. Those are the things that matter. Like people, When people talk about what do you want to see in a young quarterback – I want him to process it. So when the ball is snapped, I want him to know my eyes are here. I'm looking at that player. I'm looking at this coverage. I'm getting to my depth, whatever it is, three, five, seven, whatever the step is. And now I'm set. That's the process. Now it's timing. When is the route coming open? Is it the first window, the second window? Who are we trying to take advantage of? Know the player we're trying to take advantage of and then go make that play. If you watch Purdy, this guy, is his timing is impeccable. It's like the ball is always coming out. If he has to slide over to buy that extra second, step up in the pocket, kind of find time there, he makes the throws. If he's got to get out of the pocket and roll, he still makes the throws. He finds it, and then obviously their receivers and, and their, their running back are, are some of the best in the league, and they are making plays for him. But don't discredit. Like People call him like a game manager, whatever that means anyway. But at the end of the day, in big moments, this guy is making big-time throws. That's why his teammates love them and that's why they're winning the way they are thank you jeff that's really jeff, good thank appreciate you appreciate it man thank you so much great seeing y'all let's take one last break still to come will the orioles stay alive or will they get swept tonight and victor wimbanyama faces chet holmgren in a matchup we're probably going to see for years and years to come i know it's early for it you is. tony but it ain't early for some of us right it's really different to hear an offensive lineman talk about about football. the whole game, it just yeah. gives you it, a perspective. It's, it's, There's so many yeah. talking quarterbacks. Interruption is presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. Happy time, people. Happy 33rd birthday, Geno Smith. When the Seattle Seahawks traded Russell Wilson to Denver before last season, they turned to the reclamation of Geno Smith. Smith had failed with the Jets, did nothing with the Giants and Chargers. Smith had been on the Seattle roster, but rarely played. Suddenly, he was a playoff quarterback. He was named Comeback Player of the Year after posting career numbers and completion percentage 70, passing touchdowns 30, and passing yardage. Smith made the Pro Bowl. He has posted fine numbers through the first four games this season, completing 68% of his passes with five touchdowns and one interception. He's the 10th-rated quarterback in the league, and the Seahawks are 3-1. and one. Tony, it speaks to uh, several things, but I think most notably, coaching and stick to I mean, the situation worked the way he's being coached in Seattle by that staff after whatever failures, but also him. He got better. Late blooming is yeah. not, you know, it's not an embarrassing thing. People act like you've got to be great at 21. Not everybody is. Good for Geno Smith. It's a great story. Happy anniversary, Marcus Allen. On this day, 42 years ago, the great USC running back, Rushed for his fifth straight 200-yard game. That's a college record Allen still shares with two others. Allen had eight games over 200 yards in 1981, still the record. His 2,342 yards, his 22 touchdowns got him the Heisman. Allen was one of the great USC backs that got the school nicknamed Tailback U. 
Others in that stratosphere included O.J. Simpson, Anthony Davis, Charles White, Ricky Bell, and Mike Garrett. Ugh. The last great USC Ugh. tailback was Reggie Bush. Allen played for the Raiders and Chiefs in the NFL. He was on the 1983 Raiders Super Bowl team that beat Washington. Allen went for 191 yards and two touchdowns and was MVP of that game. Tony, for my money, and I know Marcus Allen had a period where he was barely playing. He and Al Davis had this thing that kept him on the bench, which was insane. For my money, Marcus Allen, I'm trying to judge talent and impact here, not yards gained. Marcus Allen is one of the 10 greatest running backs of all time, and he might be higher than that up the list. You know what I mean? Suppose Marcus Allen had been properly utilized in those four or five seasons where he almost languished. One of the 10 greatest backs of all time. Happy trails to last night's preseason game for the Spurs. Victor Wembanyama made his long-awaited exhibition debut last night in a one-point loss to Oklahoma City. That doesn't matter at all. What may well matter is Wembanyama scored 20 points, grabbed five rebounds, blocked a shot, and hit two three-pointers in 19 minutes. Wembanyama shared the court with Oklahoma City's Chet Holmgren, who was last year's big man curiosity figure, before missing the whole season with a foot injury. Holmgren actually outdid Wembanyama statistically. 21 points, nine rebounds, one block, and two threes in 16 minutes. <clears throat> Excuse me, putting those two on the court together is sort of like Jack Hughes and Connor Bedard, right, Wilbur? Well, why did the marketing people do that instead of Sidney Crosby? Holmgren, Tony, is going to have some impact fairly early. He's going to help Oklahoma City be a force in the West. I know there's a lot of teams ahead of them with more experience, but OKC's going to be good this year. You wait till the second half of the season, and Holmgren's going to be a big part of it. Let's go to the big finish. Let's do it. Dolphins halfback Devon Achan will reportedly miss several weeks with a knee injury. That's significant, right? Yes. He averages 12 yards a carry and is second in rushing. Yes, that's significant. Patriots offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien says he expect Mac Jones to start against the Raiders Sunday. Does that surprise you? No, what will surprise me is if he finishes, because yeah. the last two it games won't. he hasn't been allowed to finish. Yeah. The annual NBA GM survey has the Celtics and Nuggets as the teams to beat. Do you agree with that? I do, Tony, but the Nuggets have such a hard road. I mean, it, the West, I mean, seriously? They got like 13 playoff teams in the West. It's so good. The Saudi Tour's application to receive world rankings points was denied. Your thoughts? Totally predictable. 54 holes is not golf. It's not. Last one, Orioles at Rangers, game three tonight. Will the O's stay alive? Tony, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Dean Kramer, particularly with what he's facing in this start, win this game for the Orioles. But ah, Nathan Evaldi's doing well again. I think not. We're out of time. We're trying to do better the next time. 13 playoff teams in the West, well, huh? Really? You know, 13? Exactly. Really? A little bit. Okay. I'm Mike yeah. Wilbon. We're back on ESPN 1 tomorrow, Knuckleheads. You can get the podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. The point is the West is loaded, the East, yeah, not so much. Let's just start the playoffs next week yeah. with all 13 teams.